This is Ian Dayborn on Cambridge 105 Radio. A barefoot mediator is what Jane Gunn does for a living. So when I caught up with her, I wanted to know what her background is. I'm a lawyer, recovering lawyer. Uh, (laughs) Then went into becoming a a mediator, a commercial mediator, helping people to resolve their uh, legal disputes in in a way that doesn't involve them going to court. Uh, and barefoot mediation is about being able to apply those skills, tools and mindset in your own life and business. It's an interesting mix there because you're not just dealing in the corporate world. You're helping people outside of that as well. Yes, it can be. So I might be helping family businesses. I might be helping individuals. I might be helping partners. Um But one of the things I feel very strongly is that if you've got something going on at work, it'll impact on your home life. And if you've got something going on at home, it'll impact on your work life. And I've learned that from years of working with chief executives where they would say to me, uh, it's not the problem in the boardroom, it's my teenage children. (laughs) It's the same set of skills and tools that you can use in both circumstances. Doesn't matter whether you're at home with your partner whether you're at work in the boardroom or if you look on a more global level it's the same principles and the same skills and tools that can help us resolve these problems at all these different levels and are there some common skills that you have to use to do what you do yes the primary skill actually ian is listening is being able to listen to others and hear what they're really trying to say, but also in that process, listening to yourself. So one of the things we need to understand is where am I actually coming from? What is the at my perspective on this as well as what is the problem? And where are others really coming from on that? And, and when we do that in a mediation, we look at something called a PIN model, which stands for positions, interests and needs. And we look at that as if it's an iceberg, that when you look at an iceberg, only one tenth of it is above the water level and nine tenths is underneath. So nine tenths of the stuff we ought to be talking about to resolve any kind of problem or conflict is hidden from us. And that's our interests, our needs, our fears, our concerns, our beliefs, past traumas, all of that stuff is below the surface. And what we actually argue about is I'm right because and you're right because our positions and underneath that is what we call our principles, all the things that really matter to us, but are hidden and we never talk about. So one of the questions I say is, you know, what conversations are we not having? Do you find when you go into a situation where you've got two people or two organisations or whatever with very different positions, or there may even be more than two in the mix, Yes. Do you think people always come from a position of wanting to solve the problem? And if they do, how do you go about starting that process? Very interesting question, Ian, because I think although people think they want to solve the problem, what they actually want to do is prove that they're right. So because I've got this perspective on the problem, I'm sure I'm right. I just need to persuade you. And I talk about that as being the injection theory of communication, you know. (laughs) lawyers follow this a lot you know if I could only fill my syringe with the most potent argument and just inject it into your brain in other words give you the most persuasive argument you would fall over and go oh I get he's absolutely right I can see that but 
being able to create uh, a picture of, of what the problem is. But more than that, you know, where are you trying to get to? Whenever I say to people, well, what outcome are you trying to reach? So that's a very good question. I've never thought about that. So envisioning, you know, the outcome, where are we trying to get to? What does the future look like? What does resolution look like is part of the part of the process, really. And what are the most difficult situations to resolve? I don't think it's the situation, it's the people, it's the complexity. And I've just been having a, a, an interesting conversation with colleagues about this. What the complexity is not the problem usually, the complexity is the people and the combination of the people. And we're all complex, but when you try and combine our complexity, our perspective of something with somebody else's perspective of something, and their understanding of themselves and their understanding of others. That's the thing we need to unpack as much as what's the problem and how do we resolve it? It's a combination of those two, but until we can understand how complex and vulnerable we are as human beings and how complex and vulnerable others are, and that how, you know, and this need to, to, to be defensive and prove that we're right, when we can move away from that, and really start to be just human beings who need to listen to each other and understand each other, then we can create a level playing field from which we can move forwards. And when you're doing the work that you do, I imagine sometimes this isn't about meeting people once and getting them around the table for an hour and then it's all sorted out. I'm guessing no. these things can go on for quite some time. They can do. I mean, one of the things the legal mediation traditionally thinks is that you, you can do it all in a day, but you can't. I think, you know, it, it very much is a, a process. I, I like to think about it as a as a zigzag. You know, I call it the zigzag process of mediation in that if you were in a motorboat, for example, and you want to go from point A to point B, you're going to carve through everything that's in your way. But, you know, is point B where you really need to be? But if you were in a sailing boat, you respond to everything that's happening, you know, the wind and the tide, and then you discover halfway across, actually, it'd be much safer to go to point C. So it is about taking things more slowly, about you know considering and being reflective as you go through, where are we really going? What are we learning? Where do we need to end up? And you mentioned at the start that your background is that of a corporate lawyer. Yes. So how useful has that training been to help you with what you do now? Well, it's useful because I understand the process that people, or the conveyor belt, if you like, the people have stepped off to come into my process. Yes. So, you know, the legal process is one where you, you, you do have to argue and prove that you're right and the other person's wrong. And it's a process that has lots of timelines and things that you've got to comply with. So you've got to comply with a legal process and keep rolling through that. And it's allowing people to step off that and say, let's look at this in a different way. But I also then understand the cost of and the, you know, the consequences of people stepping back on that conveyor belt. And that's one of the things we have to look at. Well, how much would it actually cost you uh, if yeah. you end up going through this legal process? What would the consequences be of you going through a complex legal process? So, yeah, it's understanding and understanding how the lawyers who are advising my clients are thinking as well. Just give me a, a flavour of the kind of I know you can't go into sort of specific cases, but the kinds of things that you would you would typically work on. 
Oh, all sorts of things. So recently I've dealt with a um, a road traffic accident, for example, where somebody had, you know, was was uh, suing someone else for the damage they felt they'd suffered in a road traffic accident. Um, a partnership dispute. So two business partners who've fallen out recently uh, could be a, a, a an organisational team who've just gone through a merger or an acquisition um, where they're uh, not seeing eye to eye. It, it's so many different things, Ian, really. It could be a, a, a family business dispute, which involves the family members as well as the business aspect of it. Um, all of these things fall within the ambit of what I do. Well, it sounds fascinating. Maybe we could get you back on and uh, pick up some of the themes in some of your books and some of your talks. But for today, Jane, I know you've got to get off and talk to some people in Brazil. So I I shall thank you for your time and uh, really appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much, Ian. This is Ian Dable. Cambridge 105.